0: To the mom who keeps everything together all the time, the daughter who wants to give her parents more than they could fix their minds to imagine, the wife who always puts her husband and family first, the friend who has all the answers, and the woman who knows there is so much more out there for her than this. She may not even know what this is, but she knows there is more. You are heard, you are appreciated, and you deserve more. With the weight of the world's expectations and the guilt that we as women carry, sometimes it feels as if you are last on the list. I promise you can do it all and have it all, but you can't do it alone. You just need support. Welcome to the house. I'm inviting you into a safe place to help our universal sisterhood expand. We focus on creating opportunities for women everywhere to share their achievements, face their fears, have genuine conversations about their true feelings, And discuss the real life obstacles they face daily without bias. Now, let's dive deep into today's episode. Hello family and welcome to the house podcast. I am your host Hannah Lynn Wallace and I am coming to you with this introduction because I want to prepare you for the episode that you are about to listen to. I just wrapped up a phenomenal interview with Destiny Malibu. She is an Instagram strategist and content creator. But she was fabulous. We had a great conversation that can be very impactful and beneficial to both the consumer and to the entrepreneur. And I really encourage you to go back and listen to part one of this interview. But I'm coming to you with part two of this episode because... Our conversation was so organic and I think we really both enjoyed each other and we enjoyed the dialogue that we were able to have, but the conversation quickly moved from business and entrepreneurship and social media strategy and goal setting and limiting beliefs to postpartum depression and the way that postpartum can impact the lives of new moms or moms in general, women in general, and maybe not you, but the lives around you or the lives of somebody that you love. Both Destiny and I shared our experiences of our suffering with postpartum and the way that we dealt with it and healed from it. And we really shared both our experiences and kind of how we got there and how we got through it. And I thought it was so powerful and so necessary for us to share that information and for us to just really get down and dirty and transparent with one another and with you all. Because I know there's somebody out there that needs to hear this message and needs to hear that it is okay to not be okay. So without further ado, I hope that you enjoy part two of my interview with the beautiful, wonderful Destiny Malibu from Edit Desk as we talk about our journey through postpartum. So I appreciate your transparency and I hope you don't mind. I would like to open that up a little bit because Mm I honestly and truly believe that opening that door and starting the dialogue and having the conversation can be very impactful because I also suffered from postpartum after my son and not very many people know that I can think of maybe four people. I don't even think my parents know. And for me, I didn't struggle in a way that I didn't feel a connection with my son. Mm -hmm. I just felt like I wasn't good enough. And Mm -hmm. where that came from for me was when I had my daughter It wasn't like a by the book thing, you know, the labor, my delivery, my recovery, but it wasn't really bad. It wasn't all bad. Like my water broke at home. We went to the hospital. We kind of waited. I got an epidural. She came, it was fine. You know, I started to recover. I had help around me and I just felt this like, Amazing connection to Mm -hmm. my daughter. And I didn't experience any kind of negativity. Mm -hmm. And so for me, although I knew postpartum was real, and although I know women who have suffered from it, I didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. And then when I had my son, I was already really struggling with my pregnancy. It was rough. My pregnancy with my son was very difficult. And when I went into labor with him, I went to the hospital. I said like, this baby's coming. I'm in labor. I can feel the contractions. I know he's coming. Like I'm going to have this baby. The nurse checked me and she monitored me. And she's like, you're not having this baby. You need to go home. And I said, no, I'm having this baby. I don't want to go home. Like I'm already in so much pain. I'm really struggling. I don't want to go home. They sent me home about two hours later. My mother and father took my daughter home to their house. My husband went to work the next Mm -hmm. morning. So we got home from the hospital around 3.30 in the morning. My husband was gone by 7 a.m. for work. I was home alone by 9 a.m. I was in full-blown labor by myself at home. So I was like... I was a hot mess to say the very least. By the time mm-hmm. we got to the hospital, my mom had to come get me. She got me into the hospital or got me there. They rushed me inside. They bypassed everybody. I mean, within an hour of me being in the hospital, the baby came and it was a very traumatic experience for me because mm-hmm. I was like 10 centimeters. So I was nine centimeters dilated before they could even get my epidural. Ooh. It was I mean, it was awful. And when my son was born, the quarters wrapped after on his neck. He wasn't breathing. I mm. was hysterical crying. My husband was like, it's going to be okay. Just calm down. It's going to be okay. And it wasn't until I heard his little cry that I felt like, okay, like I can breathe now. And because my experience was so traumatic and it was very different than I had with my daughter, I had to find a way to You know, my body had to heal from that. And then my mind had to heal from that. And then when I got home, I had to figure out how to do this. Now, as a wife, as a mom of two, I tried to breastfeed. And I wanted to say to all of the moms out there, this conversation is going completely left, but I really think it's good. If you are a new mom and you want to breastfeed, all power to you. It doesn't matter if you breastfeed or you formula feed or what but do not put the pressure and the expectation on yourself that you have to do one or the other. And I say that because that is what I did. And that is where I suffered with my son. I wanted to breastfeed him so bad that I did everything short of destroying myself to breastfeed him. Like I wanted it so bad and I did everything. I was on the medication. I ate the food. I followed the diet. I called the nurses. I called the doctors. I did everything. And he was getting longer and longer and longer. He was eating all the time, but he was so skinny. And my husband is very skinny. So here I am like, it's normal. He's fine. It's fine. I can feed him. I'm his mom. If I can't feed him, then he doesn't, like he won't eat because I'm his mom and I have to feed him, right? The doctor gave him formula in the doctor's office at his checkup and I had a full blown meltdown in the doctor's oh. office. And my husband was like you need to calm down. It's okay. I'm like no it's not. I'm an unfit parent. I'm not a good mom. You can't give him that. Only he should only be eating what I can give him. It's right. It's healthy. And that's where I started to realize that there was a problem Mm -hmm. and it was control. It was fear. It was self doubt. It was lack of self confidence at that point. How am I going to be a wife? How am I going to be a mom of two? How am I going to pull this together? And I think I hit it for a long time. Eventually my sister-in-law, I love her to death. She said, (laughs) If this is making you crazy, you have to stop. If it's making you crazy and it's affecting your life, you cannot be the best mom that you can be if you're not being the best Hannah Lynn that you can be for yourself. So you need to do whatever you have to do for you to make sure that you can be the best mom to your children. And when I started to formula feed, I slowly started to introduce formula. I saw my life or not my life, but my perspective change a little bit. I saw things get easier around me because I wasn't holding myself to that level of, I don't even know what the word is. I wasn't holding myself to that standard of if you can't do it, you're not right, you know? Right. And so it got to the point where he was on the formula, He everything was fine. I was starting to feel better. But then we tackled one thing, we had to get into the next thing. And the next thing is, I am not comfortable with how I look. Because mm-hmm. I don't look anything like I looked before. <laughs> After my daughter, my snapback girl was, Whoo, <laughs> and I was still younger. Like mm-hmm. I was still like a young, cute, fun mom. After my son... It was like, you got through one thing. Now we have to get through the next thing. I don't like the way that I look. I don't like that. I'm never leaving the house. So I'm not taking care of myself. I'm not doing my face. I'm not doing my hair. I'm wearing like clothes with spit up all over them 24 seven. And so it was, okay, you got over one hump. Now you have to get through this one. How are you going to accept that now this is the way that you are as a mom of two in a wife? Okay. So I had to really transition through that. And that's where I think I actually struggled the most. And I hit it so well. And it wasn't until, honest to God, it wasn't until probably the pandemic began. So Mm -hmm. my son would have been almost, he turned one in July. So I would say probably around February. When I was home with the kids 24-7, my husband was working all the time Mm -hmm. and it was only me responsible for them. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I had to get out of bed. I had to do this. I had to do that. And I was fighting myself every day because I knew that all I wanted to do was lay under the covers. I had so much self-doubt. I had so much fear. Of the unknown. And all while this is going on, I'm starting a new business. I am growing into this newfound version of myself that I'm unfamiliar with. And I am forcing myself out of bed every day. And... That was, you know, to take my daughter to school and get my son ready and do all these. Well, then when you don't have to go to school anymore because school is closed Mm -hmm. and you can just stay in bed all day. Mm -hmm. And then you realize it's like three in the afternoon and you're still in bed with your kids because you have no desire to get out of bed. You have to recognize that something is wrong. Mm -hmm. And I started to recognize that something was wrong. And I said to my husband, I need you to stay home with me because I can't. Do this anymore. Like, I can't. I need your help. And thank God he was like, okay, I know something is wrong. I've been telling you something is wrong. Like, let's figure this out. Mm-hmm. And he took the time off work. He stayed home with me. And if it wasn't for him holding me accountable for my own actions, I can't say that I would have accomplished half of the things that I've accomplished. And Mm -hmm. I think mindset is such a strong component of this because it's like the angel and the devil. When you have postpartum, I think, you know, deep down inside somewhere in there that like, everything's going to be okay, but I just don't know when I don't know Mm -hmm. when I don't know how I don't know how we're going to get there. But I have to figure it out. And I think for some people, I know it attacks everybody differently. I never didn't feel like I didn't have a connection with my son. I always felt that connection. I think I was mostly disconnected from myself. And I felt emotionally in a way that I had never felt before. Mm -hmm. And it was very traumatic for me. And in retrospect, looking back, you know, it wasn't like, I wasn't enough for my son, or I couldn't feed him, or I couldn't make him full or whatever. It was that my son has eaten like a grown man since he was born. So now (laughs) he's one and he eats more than my five-year-old. Now you know, at six months, he started eating people food, like real Mm -hmm. food. And so it was never that I wasn't good enough, but that's Mm -hmm. how it felt. I had Mm -hmm. to get shift my mindset to understand and recognize that it's okay. And, and I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And so I just encourage all of the mothers out there who may be suffering from postpartum to first recognize that it's happening to you. And it's okay that it's happening to you. Mm -hmm. It's okay to not be okay. Secondly, I want you to acknowledge the fact that postpartum is real and tell somebody that you love because somebody that you love and that loves you is going to do whatever they have to do to help you get through that. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I know that it attacks people in different ways. And that's okay. And even now, you know, a year later, I still find myself where I have days and I have to snap out of it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And it's hard. And I'm in a funk, but you have to just power through and find a way because really, in my personal opinion, I am not a therapist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not any of those things. I just learned from my own experience that postpartum, in my opinion only, is a real true test of mind over matter. You have to let your mind power what's happening. You cannot let your emotions overpower your mindset at the time in which you're going through that. So I know we started a whole new conversation I'm probably going to have to split this in two, but it's okay. And the only reason I feel like it's so important is because I do have moms that I've talked to on a regular basis that come to me that they have, you know, postpartum and they are suffering and they don't even know that I've ever experienced that. So since we opened that, I just really want to have that dialogue and share this story because it is so important. I feel like so often it's looked over. So that's a little bit about my story and kind of what I suffered from. Would you mind just? touching a little more on what you experienced and maybe how different your experience was from mine, because you only have one son, right? Yes. So you went through it one time and it hit you like a ton of bricks. For me, I went through it once and everything was great. And I'm like, okay, here we go. And the second time it hit me like a ton of bricks. So what was your experience like with postpartum?
1: So just backing it up a little bit to kind of set the stage. In 2018, I found out I was pregnant, February of 2018. That April, I was fired from my job, totaled my car, and I was put onto bed rest. So all those three things happened. Two months later, I lost my daughter. My water broke, went to the hospital. They told me it was nothing they could do. Had her. And oh, so sorry to hear that. It was oh my gosh! It's like a pain that you can't even describe. Like you know, you know, you're crying and you're crying so hard, and you can't even tell anybody what you're crying about. It was like one of those things, and so I just kind of lost faith in everything. Like I was just living in an outer body experience. So from that point on, I was kind of already I had already been, as my therapist told me, predispositioned mm-hmm. to a depression. And so then the following February, I found out I'm pregnant again. I was not, you know, we weren't trying to get pregnant at all. Like me and my husband, we put kids on the back burner. I find out I'm pregnant. And again, four months later, no, maybe not four months later, three months later, my doctor says, Well, you have to get a surclage. So if you're not familiar with a surclage,